0: Welcome to the Women with Spark podcast. I'm Gemma Moore and in this podcast we're here to introduce, to acknowledge and celebrate amazing women with spark. They're out there doing their best, sharing what they just love with the world. Join me as we get to know them better. My guest today is Denise Litchfield. She's an irreverent psychic who's allergic to new age fluff and who has seen dead people since she can remember. She's more into purple hair than purple velvet and is old enough to decide that cake is an essential food group, thanks very much, which is lucky as she can't cook rice. A sassy straight shooter, Denise couldn't give a faff about being like all the other psychics and loves making videos to tell it like it is. Hi Denise, how are you going? Hello
1: Gemma, lovely to be here, thank you.
0: Thanks, so Denise, the question that I start every women with spark podcast is what's your spark? Oh,
1: apart, I mean, apart from cake, <laughs>
0: apart from cake, right?
1: Cake, from is,
0: cake. No, cake is good.
1: Cake is good. My spark, you know, I have to say that I've just come back from two hours of yoga and uh, it was reminded again that really my spark is my connection to my own spirit and, you know, whatever I think is beyond that. So that's really the spark for me is, is the spiritual aspects of everything that I'm doing.
0: So tell us a bit about your story, Denise. How did you end up here doing what you're doing right now? Oh, my goodness.
1: I didn't really decide to do this. Um, I certainly didn't decide to get online and teach people how to be psychic or write 100 blog posts or do a hundred videos on YouTube. I just, I don't know, I think I just sort of, dead people started talking to me and I wanted to find out what that was about and I wanted to find out if I wasn't crazy or not. And that started, that was really like, you know, that whole red pill or blue pill, you know, are you going to dive down the rabbit hole and find out what this is or are you going to stay a muggle? And I, chose the
0: rabbit hole so we've had some nice mixes of um movies in there haven't we the matrix (laughs) um (laughs) harry potter and is the rabbit hole alice in wonderland it is oh there we go we had three there we go and i managed to pick up on all of them so denise you say everything so matter of factly which is amazing to those of us who it seems a little bit out there let me say when I know this has been happening, you know. You've, you said you've been seeing dead people or hearing dead people for a long time. When did, yeah. when did it all start for you? I think,
1: I mean, as an adult, you know, because I think as children, all of us have some kind of experience with the other world, the unseen world, because we're so fresh from there anyway, you know. So a lot of us have invisible friends, a lot of us see shadows, a lot of us are scared of the dark. Uh, and, and it's not until we reach adulthood that we have a framework for that or we have a place to put that. You know, a lot of us have these experiences and we don't quite know what happened, but we know something did. And if we can get past the fear that's been, you know, indoctrinated into us of the, of the next world. And once we get past that, it's, it was really easy. So for me as an adult, what happened was that I, um, I was running a... a Uh, an aromatherapy healing sanctuary in Byron Bay so I had a shop and I had it for 12 years in Byron Bay which is um you don't know Byron Bay it's kind of like a spiritual mecca you know everybody goes there to find themselves and to drink coffee mainly and um so I had this business and you know there was a lot of quiet times and it was a lot of massage and healing and we had a lot of it was a beautiful environment and people came for massage and to be healed and what have you And one day I had a client on the table who was quite a well-known gentleman at the time. He was a television presenter and he was a regular. And um, I was doing my massage and minding my own business. And suddenly this lady in the spirit world turned up by the table and stood there by the table holding a a giant uh, calico cat, a giant, you know, those orange, black and white cats. She's holding this cat and she's saying to me, and of course I can see her in my mind's eye, right? It's not like she materialised in a puff of pink smoke or anything, but I'm massaging my client and I'm thinking, holy cow, what is this? And she's saying to me, say mittens, say mittens. And I'm going, in my mind, I'm going to her, no way. I'm not saying, I'm not looking like a fool. I'm not losing one of the best clients I've ever had. I'm not doing it. She's going, say mittens, say mittens, back and forth, back and forth. okay. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, here we go. I'm going to make myself look like an idiot. And I finally summoned the courage to ask my client, who was face down on the table oblivious to all of this and a bit of an atheist, you know, a little little bit of a muggle at that stage. I I said, look, if I said the word mittens to you, you know, would that mean something? And he said, yeah, sure. He said that was the name of the cat that I had as a child whereupon I knew straight away that this was his mother and the cat that the calico cat that the mother was holding was the cat called mittens and mittens was the word that she had wanted me to say
0: oh my goodness so <laughs> I I've got believe. shivers I've got shivers I all over my body
1: yeah and I went oh and he went oh and and you know we had this kind of awkward conversation afterwards and the good thing about it is he didn't run away and he he, he kept coming back and He started having a bit of a curiosity, but not as much as mine. I was like, oh, my goodness, what was that? What just happened? And I had to start finding out what that all meant. So that was really the start of it for me. And I've never had that experience since, but I do believe that that we have these experiences where the spirit world does come and make themselves known to us as a sort of a I guess as a bit of a carrot, you know, as a teaser to say, Come on, we're here,
0: you know, let's talk. So you think it's gotta be something kind of quite big or jarring, that initial one, to get you to take action? I do. Yeah, yeah.
1: I do. And I and it's not that they haven't been trying beforehand, because if you look back, you know, it's wonderful with twenty twenty hindsight. Because if I look back and I think, Oh, well, yes, I was scared of the dark and yes, I was A very imaginative sensitive child and you know I used to have I never had an imaginary friend but I used to have lots of imaginary games and I got my first Ouija board at 11 and my first tarot cards at 11 so you know the seeds were definitely being planted and the breadcrumb trail was definitely being laid but I didn't really join all those dots until much much later
0: so this experience happened, how you said you were interested and curious to find out what was going on. So what, what did you do next?
1: Well, I, I guess I floundered around a little bit trying to find out someone that would teach me. And, and I tried a couple of teachers and I went to one and, you know, one of them was just appalling. And, you know, you just sit there and you go, look, I don't know anything but I do know this is crap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, Yeah, it didn't quite meet me where I was going. And and I tried a few and I thought, oh, look, if this is what it is, then I don't know that I'm interested because I couldn't find the right sort of tutoring that that made sense to me without all the trinkets and new age stuff and all the fear-based. And there's a lot of ritual on dancing about. And I thought, no, it's got to be simpler than that because my experience was simple. I don't need to add a whole lot of other bits to it. And uh, I was very lucky because I came or I stumbled across the UK uh, mediums and the people in the UK have been doing this for over 200 years now and it's quite well-established uh, mediumship, which is what Talking to Dead People is. Um been very well-established and I was lucky enough to stumble across a, my first UK tutor and, I, of course, I did his course straight away and ate up everything and that was the start of it for me because I found that um, people from the UK had a very sensible approach and it was not fear-based and it was like, well, it's really simple. You just sit down and you do this, this and this. And I thought, well, that's the kind of stuff I can get behind. So that was how I came to be here, I suppose.
0: I guess it's the same as with anything, marketing, business coaching, we've got to always find the approach that suits us personally. It's got, there's got to be a match there, doesn't there?
1: there does and i think it has to also match your well i suppose when you say a match it's like it matches your own inner you know, values and your own way you see the world and you know and i was i'm a fairly straightforward person anyway and i didn't like a lot of fluff so i just it just appealed to me and i could apply it and get the results so you know that's the same as business marketing you want to be able to apply the principles and you want to be able to get the results that they say on the box. And, and I did.
0: So you've done this course. Did, did this or this training, did, did you leap straight into doing it straight away or was it something no, that you no, no. needed to develop?
1: No, no, no. Um, they, I, I, that was the start of, you know, that was four, nearly five years ago now. And I did the course and then I thought, well, I, I need to practice this oh I don't know who to practice on you know what I'm going to do now so I thought I know I'll, I'll build a Facebook page and I remember building this Facebook page and, and pressing you know send or play or whatever it was and I sat back and thought now what you know <laughs> it wasn't like build it and they will come I mean that's great for Kevin Costner but it doesn't really work for the rest of us and um so I thought oh I better learn about online stuff and how to do all this so that was the start of my online business education as well and that was like a vertical learning curve so I did uh, I did b-school actually I don't know if you know Marie Forleo's
0: yeah I I signed up for b-school wasn't for me but yeah there's many people who have come through it
1: yeah so well that was my first entry into it and it was perfect for me and I was hungry and I was ready and I you know applied it all So then, oh, well, I better have my website. And then, oh, you know, (laughs) you know how it goes. Suddenly uh, I was like knee deep in all this online training. And that was really difficult for me because I've come from a place that never really done that before. I've blogged. And I I said I've been in uh, music production, but I've never really, you know, been the online person before. So that was that side of it. Um, And I really only developed my Facebook page so I could get people to practice. And in the beginning, I was swapping, uh, if you gave me your email, I would give you a 20-minute reading. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (sighs) That was that back in the day. And it was great because some of those people, you know, I still know and I still see and they're still on my email list because, you know, I made that lovely personal connection with them.
0: Let's rewind then. I'm I'm always interested to hear about people's stories before they got what they're doing now and one of the 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 biography that i read also mentioned that used to teach exercise classes
1: Uh, aerobics i did i did Uh, i've been teaching adults for half of my adult life so i started when i was 28 and um uh teaching adult fitness so you know that there are photos of me in little skimpy leotards with leg warmers on Uh, no headband though I'm really happy to say and uh, I taught I taught aerobics and then I worked for the company that taught um, was teaching the course and basically running the whole fitness industry so then I and and they knew I was really good with music and so next minute I was producing their aerobic music for about five years so if you were ever going to a gym in the Early to mid '90s, chances are, and you were doing aerobics. Chances are, you're jumping up and down to the music that I
0: produced. I think I might have just missed you. I think it was a bit later <laughs> to the gym and aerobics yeah. scene. Yeah. During that time, Denise, what led you into that? Was there a was there was it just something that came up for you, or was it something that you truly enjoyed doing? Like, how did you first get into that area? I
1: into aerobics, I think. Well, I was a frustrated dancer. So I remember that, you know, I desperately wanted to go to ballet when I was little. And an offhand remark by my mother cut me to the core and I never wanted to do it again. And I, I remember asking her to do ballet and poor our mum, she was probably flat stick and harassed and had twenty thousand things going and she said, No, your neck's not long enough. <laughs> And I thought, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about that. So I thought I, that was the end of my ballet career before I'd even started as a kid. So as soon as I grew up and, you know, had a home of my own and an income of my own, that's the first thing I did. So I was going to dance classes down at the wharf when the ballet Sydney Ballet Company was down there and going to every class I possibly could. But, you know, I was a little old for that then. You know, my ballet career wasn't really going to take off. But I was going to aerobics in the afternoon to stay fit enough for dance. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. They're like, they're all frustrated dancers up there. Cause at that stage we all wore ballet flats, like no supportive shoes and we all had sweatpants on and God knows why, but that's what we were all, all ex dancers. And I thought, well, oh, there we go. I can do that. And um, there's a bit of a show off in me as well. And so I really like the idea of standing up on a little stage and, jumping up and down and yelling at people so uh, (laughs) that was it and I was teaching her for about 20 odd years so um the the idea of of motivating a group to do anything is kind of fun now because I find it in my teaching although I don't teach people exercise I do teach them how to use their psychic gifts and a lot of that is motivating and And believing in them and knowing that they can do it and giving them incentive and inspiration. And so, while I'm not saying 10 more, I'm kind of still doing the same thing.
0: Oh, no, that's a perfect link, I think. And that's why I love finding out what people did before what they're doing now, you know, their spark, because there's always some kind of link, there's always some kind of progression. Yep. And um, and I love the fact that you said that you're a bit of a show off because mm-hmm. I'm not, um, your videos are so entertaining. Like when I saw <laughs> your videos, I already knew that you before, but when I watched your videos, I was like, oh my goodness, you are just a natural on video. Oh, I think I'm a bit of a ham actually, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but sometimes that's what's needed, isn't it? And yeah, to get the message yeah. across, you know, we're talking about yes. getting our message across and if that means you've got to add a little bit of extra to it then then that's great
1: well actually you're right because I, I've always said that that spirit is light and playful and if we don't approach it with a playful light attitude we're not really we're going to miss the message and so I'm not one to be all serious and pious and and all that I don't believe that's spirituality I believe spirit world is light and playful and has the light touch and you know I think of things like Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and that kind of, you know, energy. And so, you know, if I can convey that in my message, then they're going to be getting that kind of, you know, subliminally, I suppose. Yeah. But um, the element of play is very much in there. That's why I, I you know, named my Facebook group The Psychic Playground to keep that attitude of fun and lightness and look at all this just play. We're all, this, all this is a giant experiment because. We won't know what the spirit world is like until we get there. So between then and now, all we can do is have a damn good guess, I reckon.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a much easier, I I talk about this with the spark, with with people spark all the time, like that positive energy is magnetic Um, Mm. and it's a lot easier to bring people in to help them and connect with them on that positive level than it is to connect on a fear or or a negative level there's no there's so much of it in our world we don't need any more of that
1: oh yes and and even deeper than that this whole us and them you know i'm so spiritual i'm so much more psychic than you let me teach you it's like really have you ever wanted to you know hang out with someone like that because they're boring they might have the gems of 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 god there but the attitude is all wrong
0: and that actually um, segues exactly to my next question about what I wanted to ask you and, and that's all oh, about. It must be psychic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the word I was going to talk to you about is psychic um, because yeah. before I um, knew you, Denise, I kind of didn't think, you know, I thought oh, I'm, I don't have any talents i'm not i couldn't possibly have any um psychic abilities and then there's one thing i guess i learned i've learned from watching your videos and reading your stuff that you believe that everyone is psychic on some on some level is that right absolutely yep yeah you're a mum, right Uh, of three girls yes i am
1: okay all right so you know you'd be familiar with that phrase mother's intuition right Mm, yeah okay well that's That comes about because our energy fields are all intertwined. I mean, you've given birth to these three, so they are of your energy field literally, right? Um, and, and because we're so blended with our energy fields, that's what makes us psychic is the love. The love is the message. Love is the secret, you know. Um, and that's why you know what's going on with your kids before you know they, they do you've got that hunch you've got that little message going on it's because you're already connected and we're all all connected even the scientists agree with that now so you know it, it's one day they 'll prove it for real, but I think they already have if you look at quantum physics. but I do think that um, we are all connected, therefore it's not too far a bit a step to be able to start to work that in a way that's going to be useful to someone else.
0: Mm. I love that you said you know love and the energy that makes so much sense because mm. the the few indications that I've had is you know knowing when people have been pregnant well before mm. that they've announced and and normally they are people who are you know quite close within my yeah, close within my circle why. like it's not mm-hmm. I, I'm not walking past strangers in the street knowing who's who's pregnant but um yeah but and you I could think, if you trained I, it I you could yeah exactly and I think that's the thing for me and and probably many people um who have developed one side of their personality or their brain, you know, that left side logical, Mm. and they spend way too much time over in that left logical spot Mm -hmm. rather than actually leaning in and listening to the intuitive um, Mm. side of them.
1: Mm. Yes, but you need that really strong left brain to be able to discern what's real and what isn't. You need that left brain to think quickly on your feet And you need the left brain to uh, be able to kind of backstage direct too. So, you know, it it goes hand in hand. If you were all right brain, you've, you've also met those other really sort of slightly fluffy, off with the pixies kind of people that are so right brain, they are actually not able to really, you know, function. So we don't want that either.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Women with Spark podcast. My guest today is Denise Litchfield. Now's the perfect time to hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and I'd love it if you could leave a review as well. So back to you, Denise. Tell Ooh. us a bit about how you, what your business as, as it stands incorporates. How do you work with people and use your, your abilities at the moment? Mm,
1: there's there's two ways of working with me actually because uh, one part is just i just love doing readings i love that so i'll always do one-on-one psychic and mediumship readings because it's my passion love 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 it um i also do uh, like mediumship stints at spiritual churches as well so if you're in a spiritual church around sydney chances are i might turn up there one day but the other way I work is I really love helping people to understand their own gifts more. So, you know, just like I was whatever, 20 whatever years ago with the, that lady coming up holding the calico cat and wondering what am I going to do now, I want to be that person for somebody going through that because I know what it's like when suddenly you want to know or you've had this experience and you need to know and you need to know from someone that feels right from you. So I do teach others how to do that. And I do, it. you know, I do have a small group course that I run a few times a year and I do one-on-one like VIP training as well. So, you know, there's lots of ways to work with me, but you know, if you've had that experience and you, you've got that curiosity and that fascination and that, that oh, I've just got to find out what this is, then, you know,
0: you're my person because
1: <laughs> that's the kind of person I love to work with.
0: Just something that I wondered just then when you were talking about how you love doing readings. Mm. Uh, reading's really draining for you. Can you Do you have to limit how many you do or is it something that you actually thrive off or a mix of a mix of both feelings.
1: Yeah, it's a mix. I don't do more than 3. I found my sweet spot at 3 a day and only a few days a week. Because uh, I do believe you can burn out. This is not like a regular job where you can turn up and do 8 hours. And not for me anyway. And I do know some people that can and I admire that, but that's not how I've found works for me. It is draining because psychic work, mediumship work works on the nervous system. Uh, That's like the carrier wave in the body from, you know, the unseen world to the seen world is the nervous system. And so you end up getting a little bit frazzled otherwise. So, yes, self-care is big for me, uh, but also it's about three a day and that's it. And the rest of the time I'm hanging out with Bruce and I'm watching Netflix and drinking chai and eating cake, of course.
0: (laughs) And Bruce is your dog, right, just for people who, who don't know that. Yeah, Bruce is my dog obviously doing readings and giving so much of yourself to your, to your students and to your followers, how do you make sure that your spark stays alive and that you're tending, you know, taking care of yourself properly?
1: Mm. (laughs) You just hit the nail on the head there because I'm currently going through quite a bit of a personal change right now where I'm finding that certain things I'm doing in my business and the way I'm doing them aren't working I think we all change and we all grow and sometimes we outgrow things it doesn't mean I'm going to be leaving but I'm certainly aware and I think how you keep doing this is you stay personally mindful and you've got to stay Connected to yourself, so one thing I have is a, a regular meditation practice where I top up my own cup to my relationship with the spirit world, and you know what I, I, I think I just say spirit world because you know we, we have God, we have the universe, we have Source, we have all of those words, but my personal relation to all of that is by sitting in the stillness, maybe with a, a bit of music on, maybe a guided meditation. But if that if I don't do that regularly. Every week I find that I sort of you know, my readings suffer, I suffer, yeah, it doesn't work. So that's really the spark that keeps me going.
0: And I've seen that you've also gone away for some was were there silent retreats or quiet retreats as well?
1: Uh, yes. Well the other thing is I do study a lot on mediumship and psychic work myself. So I'm always topping up my cup there. And about three or four times a year I'll I'll go because the UK's tutors that I love so much, they travel to Australia. So I've just done a retreat with a, a lovely, uh, one of my lovely tutors that I love him to bits, Chris Drew. Um, and it's not silent, <laughs> even though we do a bit of meditation in the mornings. Uh, we're practicing, we're practicing, practicing. So, and I'm heading off to the UK for a month in October to uh, what they cheerfully known as Spook Hall in the UK or Hogwarts, so it is, like, it is like Hogwarts, it's a giant college just for psychics and mediums and I'm going to be heading there for a couple of weeks and I can't wait.
0: Do you face much backlash or negativity around saying you're a psychic or working in the spiritual world?
1: No, not at all. Uh, but it is a big, it is an issue for some of my students and it used to be for me um and i bet you want to know why how and why it's not a problem right (laughs) i (laughs) could guess
0: i could guess personally but i'd love our listeners to to hear from you
1: (laughs) well you know the thing is i'm i'm not a young person anymore i'm quite an old lady and you get to this point where you go i'm too old for this shit basically Um, I hope I've said, um, you can cut this out if I've said a naughty word, but I'm just too old for it. I can't be bothered. If you don't like me, there's plenty of others out there. I can't be bothered anymore bending myself and being someone I'm not just because someone's going to like me or not like me. So there's that. And the other thing is that I have been doing this for so long, it's part of me. And you may say, you know, I don't want to say it's my religion, but it's definitely my spirituality. So don't knock my spirituality. I'm entitled to believe in whatever I'm, you know, I'm not going to knock yours. If you believe in the great pumpkin, that's okay. So it's a private thing too. So the other side of it is I pick my battles on who I tell. You know, uh, I won't be telling a rando person oh, I'm a psychic because the very next thing they're going to say is, oh, can you tell me the lot of numbers? Or is there someone around me right now? Uh, I don't I'm not interested in that so I do pick my battles and I might white lie a little bit if someone asks me what I do and I'm not in the mood for that conversation like the other day I was getting my car serviced of all things. You know, and and I'm doing the paperwork for this guy, and and he randomly said, "Oh, what do you do?" And I was a bit tired, and I wasn't thinking, and I said, "Psychic." And oh my God, the guy did not leave me alone. I'm like, dude, I just want my car back. So, <laughs> pick your battles is my answer.
0: Very wise words. It's taken me a long time to realize that as well. To just yeah, oh. trust trust yourself, believe in. Yeah whatever you do and then and the people who don't understand that are are not really worth your time you can educate you can educate to a certain degree but (laughs) there's no need to keep on banging your head against a brick wall totally Denise do you feel like with your spark and what you're doing now you are in absolutely the right place doing what you're meant to or do you still see that there's new levels or something else that you're moving towards
1: Mm. at the moment I am really deliriously happy where I am in fact I think I'm probably going to downsize more than anything else uh, make make my business simpler uh, and cut out the things that you know don't work which is really healthy Um, but I don't know, I, am really happy where I am right now, but I certainly, do I want to conquer the world? No. Do I want to have a six figure business? No, I'm, (laughs) I'm not one of those people. Um, I'm pretty happy in the way I am actually. Thank you.
0: If you've enjoyed our interview today, please let us know on your socials. So make sure you tag at comms. I'm Gemma Moore and you've been listening to Women With Spark. Remember to share your spark and make your mark.